Jim, season three, episode 26, Stats the Matter. Recap week 17 of the NFL. The craziness does indeed keep occurring. And we're going to preview the NFL regular season finale. In our cups this week, it's a rye barrel aged ale from Chicago, Illinois, and an imperial sweet stout from Tampa, Florida. Guesses on where that came from. Follow us on Instagram at Stats the Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things beer and sports. And find Stats the Matter wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Tim, let's get into the fucking show. Let's go, man. Let's go. So uh, we're recording this right now as uh, Monday Night Football is going on uh, between the the Bills and the Bengals. It was one of our picks, and um, I think one of the craziest things we've ever seen happen in the football game, a televised football game, at least that I can I can remember in my short ten years of watching the game, uh, involved mm-hmm. um, Buffalo Bills player Demar Hamlin. Um, who after what looked like a routine tackle got up, appeared to lose consciousness, and just crashed on the field. Um, was down on the field for a period of 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. um, uh, receiving medical attention to include a CPR um, surrogate and an AED before being placed in a, an ambulance and, and taken off to a local uh, cardiac trauma hospital. There's a lot going on, on social media right now about what they think it is or uh, what they believe happened. Um so we'll speculate on any of that. We're obviously keeping an eye on it because it, the game's going on right now when we're recording. So the game has been temporarily suspended. I'm sure something will will come up. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers go to uh, Demar and his family. Um, and it's just it's absolutely crazy, absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, man. It. Uh, I I didn't happen to catch it live. I I put the game on. My son woke up. I ran upstairs, and I by the time I came back down, it had already taken place, and uh, my phone was blowing up and uh tuned in to to get a look at it and yeah it's uh it's unfortunate it didn't look like anything crazy um but the fact that they're you know right now they're they've suspended temporarily they said they've suspended play but all players are off the field um all of the officiating is off the field and without knowing uh you know what's going on with this poor kid I you know I can't imagine they're gonna come back out and and play this game. There's a, there's a lot on the line for this game too. Um, this was one that was kind of on everybody's radar for tonight. So I mean, football yeah. is secondary to everything that's that's going on right now, but it's uh it's tough. Seeing typically when you see everybody on the field worked up and crying, it, it tends to be like compound fractures or something like that. That you know some of those more horrific. Uh, accidents you know you get people tearing up on on the sidelines um but not usually for something like this or like a hit like this so this is this is this is unfortunate we're thinking about the kid indeed not that uh i mean not that there's any much more we could say about it you know i think it would be reckless for us to speculate on what we think it is or you know take whatever the beat on social media is and uh try and pass you know pass our best guess we're not cardiologists we're not we're not Mm-hmm. doctor so i think that'd be the right thing to do um i don't know how we could you know typically blend from that uh you know intro into into what we what we do weekly here but i think we'll try and give it our best shot damn take it away you got another uh another tampa florida banger mm. hidden springs hidden springs hidden springs yeah i got a i got a i got a four pack stepped up to me of these bottles and um i had one on the last pod 
Uh, I have this one and I have another one in the wings. I couldn't decide on which one to go with. The other one is uh, their seven-year anniversary. It's aged in like weeded Weller barrels. Pretty fancy. Uh, I didn't feel like cracking into that one tonight, but I'm going to give this one a go. Uh, it's called Do It For The Gram. Uh, it's a 12% Imperial Sweet Stout uh, aged in a blend of brandy and bourbon barrels with Madagascar vanilla beans, house-roasted Ghana and Ecuadorian cocoa nibs, and graham crackers. It said it's a s'more-inspired Imperial Sweet Stout aged in brandy and bourbon barrels. That's how it's described. So, uh, everybody knows how I feel about uh, bourbon aged. <laughs> so let's see if we mix a little brandy in there, <clears throat> what we get. Hmm. I'm gonna drink it out of uh, my my Bissell's glass. These are these go. are by far the best beer glasses I own, and I'm sad because I'm down to my last one because the other ones have broken. I had a oh, couple. I was like, white I was like what do you do? Do you, do you? They're not single use, Tim. <laughs> you don't, you don't put a barrel agent in there and just fucking chuck it against the wall. <laughs> I mean, I'm a purist. Of course, I do. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I've had them for a couple of years. I don't even know if they make these still. Do they? You you were up there, right? Um, I think I think they're on to new glass right now. I mean, I definitely yeah. got uh, one of the angels with filthy souls. Uh, I got one of those glasses. It's a nice big fluted glass. So, mm. all right. Ooh. All right. <clears throat> so you can definitely smell a little bit of that brandy right off the bat. It's a lot stronger than a lot of the regular bourbon aging. Um. But when you take a drink out of it, this sucker is sweet. It tastes like chocolate milk, like straight up chocolate milk with like Hershey's. And even as you smell it, as you drink it, it smells like pure cocoa. Um, I mean, it's, it's damn good. It's very, very sweet, though. Like uh, last week's. I thought would have been a little sweeter than what it was. Um, but this is actually, this is, it's it's not bad. It's not, it's not overwhelming. It's not overpowering or anything like that. It is definitely um, on the sweeter side of the, I mean, it's called an Imperial Sweet Stout. So it's definitely on the sweeter side of that, but I definitely get the cocoa. Graham is a little muted. I don't get a lot of the graham crackers that are in there, but the vanilla is very potent right in the front also. Uh, overall, it's really good. Uh, it's definitely a dessert drink. I could not have two of these, and I'd probably share one of these bottles, but because it's a little bit more on the sweeter side than what I had from them previously, like last week, uh, kind of brings it down a little bit, um, which is, it's tough to score these, right? Because if it's calling it a sweet stout, I go into it expecting it to be sweet, so I can't exactly punish it for being overly sweet. I can't judge it like a regular stout, but uh, I'm going to give this one... I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four one. It's a. It's like a chocolate bomb, hmm. right in your face. Which is, I mean, if you're a chocolate fan, this would be right up your alley. This would be a bucket list beer because that's all you. I don't taste any other booze. It doesn't taste like twelve percent. Doesn't taste like bourbon. It tastes like vanilla chocolate milk with like some graham cracker crusted at the bottom of it. So. Yeah, this is really good. If you're if you're a chocolate fan, Hidden Springs, do it for the gram. 
doesn't really taste like a eh. yeah not really so much of a s'more i don't get any marshmallow out of it but uh definitely a shit ton of chocolate for sure i mean sometimes you, you get that in those uh those imperial adjunct you know sweet yeah. stouts like you, you you definitely get so much in there that there's one flavor that will definitely overpower um, yeah. you know but uh you know give them props for trying uh, 4-1. Okay, Tim, have you heard of Revolution Brewing out of Chicago? I have. I have as well. And I've always seen them, and I've, I've always been struck by them, because right now, craft beer, in and of itself, is always trying to figure out um, what's the next trend, right? Whether it's 16-ounce cans, bomber bottles, you know, magnums, so people are moving away, doing a lot sort of stuff. I don't think I've ever seen a Revolution can that's not 12 ounces. Which is pretty wild, all things considered. So um, it's like it's it's pretty insane to see to to see cans like this. So shout out to the beer store. I got one here. It's called Rye Way to Heaven. It's a rye ale aged in rye bourbon barrels. Uh, it's fifteen percent, and I you know it's only a twelve ounce can, but fifteen percent twelve ounces. I'm not very good at math, but I would assume it's like ninety six percent alcohol by volume. You know, just thinking about that necessarily. So. Um, Ooh, a lot of rye on the nose, and it's pouring like a, almost like a barley wine texture. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, man. This is something else here. I do. I do love a good barley wine. So, all right, one sip. Everyone knows the rules. Let's see here. The Bills are packing up the field. This game's probably over. By the way. While you're scoffing at your beer, yeah, yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. Um, wow, it says on it, "softly sweet silken sipper." I guess I don't think I've ever had. Yeah, this this is this is like barley wine territory for me. I like rye, anyways, as like a as like an ingredient, but for some reason, I just expected. Um, you know, like with with more traditional like barrel aged beers, there's something else in it, so it's like they're thicker. But this is for 15. percent This is dangerously thin, hmm. and I use that, you know, you know, as a as a, I don't even know, it's not a macabre joke, but like it it really like you could it looks you could like put some light wine. through this. Yeah, it looks yeah, like you know what I mean. Wine. You're not a barley wine fan? I, I I don't remember that. Nah, definitely not. Um, you know. give them props for trying, but I, th- I think I'm going to go four one with this as well. You know, I, I can appreciate it. A lot of rye. The bourbon uh, tastes very good, but to me, it just looks like a heavier... It kind of tastes like a like an imperial like bourbon, uh, like a bourbon barrel aged stout that just doesn't have any of the adjuncts in it. Like, I, I guess you could say, like, if we were talking about our beers, like, mine would be the base version before they put all the other ingredients in. So, um, Is this part of the one? Oh, yeah. The Beast Swizzle. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I love a good barley wine. I thought about doing that one for one of these episodes, but I don't. I don't know when I'm gonna. I don't know when I'm gonna open it. I feel like our our scale starts at four. <laughs> but no, I mean, well, like, I just yeah, I don't right. feel like it's not my favorite. I'm gonna give it a four one, which is still yeah, in like I just, the top I don't, percentile I don't feel like for our beers. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like it's worth it for the listeners because we're a podcast of the people. I don't really think it's worth it for us to be like, you know, what we should do rate them, rate them properly. Earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay that's what's in our cups this week um 
as you mentioned, it looks like the the, the Bills Bengals game is probably going to be over, packing stuff up. So, yeah, who knows what that means? Hopefully, we'll we'll get more information. Let's let's kind of get into some of these games now. You know, we'll bury the lead. We both picked Bills and Bills Bengals. Um, at the time the game stopped, it was seven three Bengals. So, uh, you know, I don't know that that pick there will be anything that comes of it if they have to reschedule the game or something else. So, mm, NBA. Um, we'll we'll start right here. So, my first game: Broncos versus Chiefs. Russell Wilson did indeed have another good game. I uh, had a fumble, lost the fumble, um, threw a pick, two rushing scores on the ground, and you know at at the end, uh, the Chiefs do what the Chiefs do and they just sort of pulled away. But it was a it was a very good game. Um, there's we've talked a lot about Russ in the podcast, and I think one of the most interesting things about what's happened in this last week with the discourse around the Broncos is when the new ownership group came out and they said we're going to be more involved in a head coaching search. Which is kind of them saying, like, we just took someone's word for it before. We trusted that the, you know, the, in my in my assessment, that's that's what I think that you know, we 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 took someone's word for it before. We trusted that that the health of the locker room was going to be good. Um, and then with all these changes, you know, the new coordinator coming in, someone you know handling play calling duties, and someone mm-hmm. else calling you know clock management. It, it sounded like there was just too many com- conflicting voices. So um, that certainly helped. But that being said, the ownership group also said, like, Russ knows he can play better than this. And for anyone who thinks that Russ has been getting a, a fucking free pass when the ownership comes out during, you know, a press conference and says, not only are we going to be looking for the right, you know, coach, but we trust that, you know, Russ knows this is a fluke and you know, we expect better out of him, uh, like, in that neighborhood. And I think that's something that's really important to note um, because one thing that I think Richard Sherman or any other detractors of, uh, when Russell Carrington Wilson might say is that, you know, they feel that quarterbacks definitely get treated with kid gloves and that there is a level of accountability that's not there with them. And when the owner says that shit in a press mm-hmm. conference, it's out there. You can't take it back, right? Um, you know, there's a report by a rap sheet from the NFL Network that, you know, Russ is going to look at all available options this offseason to revamp his diet, how he prepares to get ready for games, um, his preseason conditioning. I mean, there's no doubt that the guy loves football. There was this weird week long. Uh, we we hear Russ has lost the locker room, and then Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon and other players are coming out and, and saying like, you know, Russ is our guy. Like, you know, we're not paying attention to the outside noise, and and that's that's what seems to happen, right? I mean, the NFL sports media world will definitely feast upon whatever hot take they're given. I just think it's interesting overall. Um, you know, the Broncos sitting at four and twelve. They're I don't picture them beating the Chargers next week, so it will be the worst season on record for Russell Wilson and be the worst season on record, I think for probably the Broncos. Um, but there's, there's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about whether Harbaugh wants to come back to the the NFL and take a job or whether John Payton might decide he wants to take an open job. And if he goes to, you know, Denver, what does that mean? And he's got Vic Fangio and a, and a big staff behind him. Like all this kinds of crazy stuff just to say that like it, the Broncos had one of the worst seasons. I, I definitely think they believed it was going to be a lot different from them. But when it came down to it, they they got frisky for this game, right? And that's why I said last week, I said, I feel like, you know, Russ is going to, he's going to show us a little something. And he did. But at the end, Chiefs just too powerful. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's a very interesting season for Russ. I don't know. I don't know if I see like a full comeback, right? Like he's, you know, maybe there's injuries he's not disclosing. Maybe there's, it's. Maybe it's the makeup or the build of that team, but like something is off and it felt like this is the cliff. I mean, he's, he's not the youngest guy in the league anymore, 
And it feels like this is the cliff everybody was talking about for guys like Brady and Rodgers and how it was just going to be a sudden sharp fall off. It feels very much like that because like he was just missing people everywhere. He wasn't seeing the game very well. He had wide open receivers. He just missed game after game after game. So I I don't know. I don't know if this is his teammates rallying around him because he's a teammate and they're that kind of player. They don't really want to throw anybody under the bus or because they appreciate his work ethic. But I don't know like what in your preseason planning in your recovery how how that changes your ability to like see and recognize on the field i mean there's just there was so much yeah. missing in the game this year that i think it's more than just your preseason prep and recovery i'm sure he's going to be in contact with tom brady and figure out what they what tom brady's doing with his recovery because <laughs> That guy was out here slinging the ball all over the fucking place this week. Um, but and I just felt, uh, I just feel like, you know, I, it, he, he was one of the best quarterbacks. Well, actually, before before I go down that path. I can't begs, believe you started that sentence, so I love to see where this is going. Tim. Well, keep no, it, keep no, it no. Going. I'm, I'm backpedaling here because it as it was leaving my mouth, I had to stop and think, like, is this a sign of he was a great quarterback who has fallen off? Or was he? Oh, has he always been a mediocre quarterback that was held up by the support of the structure of the team around him? Because he had one of the best defenses in the league for a long time. He had Pete Carroll as a coach who could really help put game plans together. Uh, he had some pretty good weapons uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe, maybe there was enough there where the teams were one of the better teams we've seen in a while. And it artificially made him look good. And this is what everybody expected to happen to someone like Tom Brady when he went to a new team. It was just going to shit the bed because it was a system quarterback. Like, nobody ever accused Russ of being a system quarterback. But his first year outside of that system, and he looks like complete dog shit. Complete dog I, shit. I think, th think about it like this. When you have a company, and I like, I'll just use this as a metaphor before, before we can move on to the game I really want to hear you talk about, which is... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dolphins, those fucking dolphins. Yep. Um, w one thing I think about when there's a company that gets acquired, right, or there's a merger. Yeah. There's always the well. This is what we were before, right? This is our culture. This is who we are. Except the new company that's coming in is like saying, "Yeah, and we appreciate you for that. We want to keep certain elements of that, like you know, the workplace culture, for example. But your product is shit, yep. and our product is awesome, and our workplace culture is not. So we're going to merge together. And ipso facto, what should occur is that we're going to have a great product and a great culture. That's what's happening. When you have a new ownership group, a new coach, a new quarterback, there are too many variables right there. But if there's not some element of stability, I think really could kind of mess things, some things up. And I think that's what happened here. I don't think that the, 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 the tail of the tape is out on Russ completely. We got to give him at least another season to sort of figure out, because there was injuries, there was a whole bunch of you know play caller changes. Like we, We'd really need to see in a season of solid support Where's he at? And I think when you get that level of it and you can sort of figure out, then you can start to start to say, like, I mean, he was with Pete Carroll and John Schneider for 10 years. He did have an incredible defense. He also he, you know, he had a good running game. He he had, you know, mid-level receivers that played far above their their draft grades. You know what I mean? And I, I thought, and if you go back and listen to like some of the earlier stuff, like talking about, you know, from Peter King and the 
the preseason love letter, the fluff that came out. Oh, they're 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 arguing over what audibles to call because they're both nerds and they both like Star Wars and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, this might be it. He's got a better offensive line. He's got the defense. He's got a running game. And then now here we are like 10, 10 weeks later, and I'm just going like, yeah, okay, really call that one like wrong. It was like, you know, it, th- there's going to be a chance for some things to turn around, I think. <laughs> I'm excited to see if Russ responds. If Russ doesn't respond, then I, then I think I can, I can side with you once and for all and just say like, yeah, I think this might be an example of where the system existed and where they allowed Russ to operate outside the system. And when, when you put structure on a guy that's not used to having structure and he can't do it, you give it a couple of times. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. You know, yeah. make sure you you put it with some other ducks and see if it does duck things. Right? That's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, because I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we'll, it's we'll, not like it's not like I mean, he wasn't great last year either. If we're being honest, he was he was better. He had he yeah. I think he ended up with like twenty five touchdowns, and he only has thirteen so far this season. Um, but I think he finished with less completions last year than he's had this year. He had 259 completions last year to 279 this year in fewer attempts. He only had 400 uh, attempts last season, and he started the same amount of games. So, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how this all kind of plays out as the... And and I agree, give him the next year, but I I really think Denver kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit in uh, overbuying for this one. I I don't think he's... I don't think the skill set's there anymore. Well, for whatever reason, the team makeup, too many changes that have gone on. Who knows? Um, something's off, though. Something's off, and I just can't help but wonder if I, he has, if if his skill is is part of that. But I agree. We'll give him till next year. And it, see def- what we got. it definitely could be. Yeah, it definitely could be. Definitely could be. All right. Tell us about this uh, New England Dolphins mm, game because mm-hmm, I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was going to be. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not going to say. I, I thought there was going to be more fireworks. I definitely appreciate the fireworks that happened in the game, but I, I. I think I put a lot of more mental stock in this game than than I think one team did. Yeah. Um, so it didn't pan out the way I was hoping. I thought. I was hoping. New England was going to come out and fuck this up because they always play tough against the Dolphins. Regardless of what their team makeup is for that game, we just play them frequently enough and they game plan well enough that it's always a, it's always a challenge going uh, going up against Miami. Until Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, he looked pretty sharp in the game, and I thought this was going to be a little bit more competitive uh, or a little bit more of a blowout than what it was. They were literally scoring every single quarter. But uh, New England hung around. Mac Jones Mac Jones looked better in this game than I think. How do I want to say this? I don't want to say he came out looking like a superstar. He looked better in this game. I think game. he definitely styled some of the doubters. Do yeah. think? Uh, a little bit. He looked better in this game than what I think the stat lines read because Another game plagued by incompletions that should have been catches. Aguilar had a few. Uh, he had a, a couple first down throws that were right on the line or would have extended drives that just, like, Stevenson, who is super reliable, had a couple drops. It was it was just a lot of times we look at him and say, okay, this is clearly his fault. That was a misthrow. 
But he had more than a handful of very well-thrown balls or balls that were purposely thrown in areas where only uh, the receiver would have uh, an option to get to it. And they were just off the hands and dropped. Like uh, Stevenson's dropped two of his four targets, and he's led that team in receptions this year. Um, Thornton had some pretty significant drops. He was targeted seven times and only caught three of those. Uh, it, it was just... Ah man, it was uh it was odd. It's kind of been sort of a mirror image of what this entire season has been where while Jones has had his struggles when he is doing well and he is throwing the ball well, his team isn't helping him out. Foles again missed another uh um missed another field goal attempt. Uh or not not Foles, it's a different game. Nick Folk Missed another point after attempt. Like, he's not helping him out either. This team is just terribly undisciplined, terribly inconsistent, and it bums me out that they actually won this game. Uh, I mean, they should have. They were going up against the second-string quarterback and then the third-string quarterback, who actually looked pretty decent the entire time he was out there for a little while, uh, Skylar Thompson. Um, mm mm-hmm. Was doing a, a, a perfectly serviceable job out there. 12 of 21, 104 yards. He had his own touchdown. Not until the, the pick six got thrown where things really started to turn. New England's defense. Which was... Yeah. The, when, when, Duggar, when Duggar just snatches that ball out of the ether, do you yeah. think oh, he's running it back? Uh, I thought there was a solid possibility that he was going to take it. I didn't know if he was going to make it all the way back. It, it, on What was it? It was like the 10-yard line. That should have mm-hmm. been a tackle. And he like did that little cutback yeah. step, which at that point you're just you know you're going up against a bunch of offensive players who aren't skilled tacklers, and they just blew it. Um, but I mean, he's he's been kind of a standout all season in coming up with big plays. That's his like second or third pick six of the season. Um, the, watching this game in the first half, I'm like, man, New England's defense is starting to look as inconsistent as their offense has. Over the last couple of weeks, the defense has been letting up some really big plays and not playing in the same way they did in the first half of the season, or at least the first three quarters of the season, where that was sort of their get-out-of-jail-free card, where the offense could sputter, but the defense would keep him in it, and now you don't feel comfortable. I mean, they've come up with big plays in the last two games to keep him in it, but there's been a lot of opportunity for them to hold those games, you know, to fewer points. And they're just leaving guys open with 10 to five yards of yards after the catch They're Like everything about this team is just a shit show. The dolphins. You, I mean, it is what it is. They're injured. Tua is clearly the staple that holds that offensive side of the ball together. Their defense has been pretty solid. So to see new England come out and actually game plan against it, I think we got the better of them. This time, in terms of seeing them multiple times throughout the season, I think if we saw that once every season, not multiple times, we saw them once every season, we would lose this game. But we had enough game plan to go in. We had a backup quarterback, and then we had a third-string quarterback. Kind of, you know, Belichick is, has got a pretty good record against backups and third-stringers. So once that's the way this was going, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, I still wish they lost because I think this is kind of artificially inflating the the success level of the Patriots, and they need some drastic changes. Yeah, I I think that you know we we talked last week about um, 
Excuse me. Wow. Whew. This rye is <laughs> actually no now now that I've had a few sips, this rye is kind of uh rying on me, if you will. <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm still gonna give it a four one. Um I, I think that, you know, everything that you have going on with, with these two teams and, and the bad blood they have between them, there's you're still gonna get two like two great games a year out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I like that. I like that McDaniels wants to I'm oh, sorry, not McDaniel. Yeah, Mike McDaniel wants to you know, prove his chops against the greatest coach of all time in the, in the NFL. And I also get that Belichick realizes for whatever reason, when they go to that part of Florida, it's like the Bermuda Triangle and everyone forgets how to tackle and, you know, all, all kinds of bad juju stuff happens. Like, mm-hmm. it's very important that you go down there and you win this game. So, um, you know, props to them. But since you took an L, we got to talk about me taking an L. Also, that talk game about was Raven Steelers. Speaking of taking huh? L's, speaking of taking L's, that game was in New, New England. I know. I know. So you said like they went the down there. Travels. They didn't. Yeah. Maybe it did. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Raven Steelers. Look, I, I was like, hey, if Lamar Jackson plays this game, he's going to win. He did not play this game. He's missed four straight games now, and it's not looking really good for Week 18 either. And I think, you know, there's some serious uh, questions there. But I thought, all right, well, cool. Tyler Huntley, you know, has gotten one less Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl vote. Um made it as a fourth alternate, so obviously the Ravens are just going to pick up where they left off. And for the majority of this game, the Ravens did exactly what they needed to do. Just salt away the clock, kick a field goal. Salt away the clock, kick a field goal. And then they fucked up. They decided, in the last two minutes of this game, to just allow Kenny Pickett, or as Mike Tomlin calls him, Kenny fucking Pickett. And if you watched that <laughs> game last night, you, you saw, even though there was no audio, you knew exactly what he was saying. Look, when Huntley throws the touchdown to Isaiah Likely right before halftime, it's 10-3. You're thinking, Steelers can't get out of their own way. It just feels like they're going to keep getting close enough for Justin Tucker to hit 50 and 60-yard field goals. This game is never going to get close. And even when Boswell kicked his field goal at the end, nearly, of the third quarter, you're like 6-13. to 13. Down a touchdown. But then halfway through the fourth, and they only get another field goal, and you're thinking... Okay, well, we're still down, or we're down four now, so you got to go for the touchdown. On that last drive, when they were able to kind of get things together, Pickett looked like he was in command. And I think there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what kind of value Pickett brings to this team. And I think that whatever the Pittsburgh Steelers saw in him pre-draft, I think we saw a little bit of that that night. Calm and composed, under pressure. Divisional foe. I mean... Mike Tomlin in 15 years has not had a losing season. So they needed to win this game and they, they got to win next week. Just they add 500 or above and just walked out there, did what he needed to do, found Najee Harris for a 10 yard touchdown in which the defender completely missed the assignment uh, and just let him waltz right in. And I, I think you have, really have to give credit to a team. Pittsburgh has never been the flashiest team. They had their moments with the Triple Bs, but there's one thing that should absolutely terrify any team going into Heinz. Well, not pre-core. It's not Heinz Field anymore. It's 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 some other name. But you know, I've I've been to three games there now, and I and I've seen it. It's this weird lull that happens in the fourth quarter, right? See, there's all this like lore about how the Seahawks Stadium is so loud because everyone is you know screaming and trying to cause false starts because it gives every time there's a false start in Lumen Field. Uh, for the Seahawks on the on the offense of their opponents, a thousand dollars is donated to the Children's Hospital. 
in Seattle. Everyone, everyone just gets quiet, you know, because you, you want to donate as much money to the hospital as possible. Make the team do it. In Pittsburgh, in that fourth quarter, if it's a one score, I feel like you get lulled to sleep. I've seen it happen against the Bills. I've seen it happen against the Seahawks twice, where they barely escape with wins if they escape at all. And I think there isn't another atmosphere in professional sports where you have that ability. And I have no idea what is going on in that stadium with those three rivers right there. Maybe it's some some ancient ghosts and apparitions. Who knows? Maybe, you know, second season of Wednesday can figure that out. But <laughs> the Steelers absolutely lulled them in this game. And then they just knocked them out. They knocked them out with a minute to go. Not only are we not going to give you enough time because you're going to burn the timeouts, we're not going to give you enough time to come back and, and even get in field goal range. Because, mm-hmm. oh yeah, by the way, we have TJ Watt. It just seemed like that should have been the foregone conclusion for this game in the beginning. And yet, for some reason, I was just like, oh, Lamar Jackson, it's going to work. It was never going to work. And I wish I had thought about that before I made this pick, because I might have been closer. I mean, what, what's more shocking to me is the fact that the Steelers are still in the conversation. I haven't heard the Steelers, by team name, brought up once this entire season in any level of conversation for postseason, for playoffs, for literally anything. They have not been part of any conversation that I've heard whatsoever. And here they are. They finished 8-8, eight and eight, which means I think they're still in the running for a playoff berth. And it's like, dude, yeah. how, how, how are you guys still alive? Like, what is going on over there? Like, where did you guys even come from? And I, I, it's that was one of the biggest surprises that came out of that, uh, that win is that a Steelers under the radar, and it'll be funny. They sneak in under the radar and then go in and make some noise in the playoffs and start bouncing a couple teams that uh, that have been more relevant coming into the season. But uh, speaking of teams that just will not go away, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. Uh, <clears throat> as of the last few weeks, Green Bay has been streaking uh, and streaking hard through the quad because. They are playing. <laughs> We're going streaking. <laughs> yeah, they are playing just incredibly good football as of late, uh, and it's it's come as a bit of a surprise based off of how poorly they did at the the first half of the season. Uh, everyone kind of wrote them off when they they came out. They lost. They won three, and then they lost five in a row. Won in overtime. Lost two, and then it's been win, 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 win. They beat. Uh, they lost the Eagles, and then they beat the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, and now the Vikings. And they beat the Vikings in huge fashion, forty-one Tim. to seventeen. Tim, yeah, they didn't beat the Vikings. They walloped. They yeah. thrashed. They they stomped the ever living shit out of the Vikings. You know, and, there's you a lot of people who it? think that like you know, you know how they did it. How? Just handing the ball off because Aaron Rodgers finished with, and this is this is where I start to get skeptical of like Aaron Rodgers is back and performing well because he finished with 159 yards, 15 completions, and one touchdown, and that was it. The rest, all rushing touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. AJ Dillon had a rushing touchdown. Uh, it was all defense all the time in this game. Uh, it was. It was one of those games that you see it and you're like, oh my God, they're so great. Look at look at how well they are. They're gonna make and then you look at how this happened and you're like, Oh, 
Wait a second. Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions and had two fumbles. Okay. I see now. That is not what this is. Nick Mullins came in. He threw a touchdown. Uh, four, four for four, 158 yards. I mean, uh, 158 uh, QBR rating on the day. But this was all defense for uh, for this game, um, which I think is going to give him a little bit of some artificial, uh, I don't know, how, how, how would we call that? Artificial composure going into the postseason because you beat a yeah. you beat a you beat a, a team that I know we we talked about last week in the Vikings being the most underrated twelve and three team that we've seen. Like they are a really really good football team. You just came out and you demolished them. Uh, you scored fourteen in the first, thirteen in the the second. Zero points in the third, 14 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, it, it, it on paper looks like a more substantial win than I think it actually turned out to be. Yeah, I, the, the, there were things that I, I clearly misread. Like when you, when you picked this, I was like, come on, man, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I didn't really believe that could happen, nor did I believe that leaving Mike Evans on my bench was going to kill me in the fantasy playoffs, but it did. So, you know, 52 points just sitting there, non-PPR. Unbelievable. fucking believable <laughs> Okay. Um, well, because we both picked Bill's Bengals, we're not going to go ahead and, uh, and de- determine that here. So we got to look forward to next week, the regular season finale. There's a lot on the line next week. Uh, Seeding-wise, the number one seed is still open in both the AFC and the NFC because the fucking Eagles fumbled the bag. And there exists a scenario, Tim, where the Dallas freaking Cowboys can win the NFC East, which would be, cover your ears, Rob, Josh, Phillies fans who listen to this podcast, the fucking epic collapse of all time. If you go 14-2 and two, and then you lose and you, you get beat by the Cowboys in Week 18, that shit would be absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Mm. Um, so what is your first game of Week 18 and who are you picking? <laughs> Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me pull up the old schedule. Old sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this seems to be a weird, uh, a weird night for recording. But uh, Ken Block has passed. You know who Ken Block is? Uh, no. He is a rally icon and uh, a motorsports icon. He did the Hoonigan series for Monster Energy. He's a big rally guy. Him and Travis hmm. Pastrana did the Jim Connor stuff or Car Car Connor. I Dang, man. Motorcana, whatever it's called. Oh, I uh, didn't know that, but yeah, that's tough. And for anybody, uh, the game was officially postponed. The uh, the yeah. NFL uh, released a statement um, a few moments ago. <clears throat> uh, this is posted by Adam Schefter. Tonight's Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals game has been postponed after the Buffalo Bills. Damar Hamlin collapsed, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by a team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. Our thoughts are with Damar and the Buffalo Bills. We will provide more information as it becomes available. The NFL has been in constant communication with the NFL Players Association, which is in agreement uh, with postponing the game. So... Uh, it did take a little while for them to come to that decision. I don't know what um, what took that long, or or what part of the conversation it was that that delayed it as long as it did. But that came probably forty five minutes or so after the initial incident, which is uh, which is bananas. So 
Yeah. Definitely glad to see, definitely uh, should be glad to see though. What what one thing I gotta I gotta shout out here. Um and I, I hope there's no crossing of the wires here. We before we both started this podcast we were both watching the live broadcast and mm-hmm. it takes a lot um for these games to get produced every single week. For Booger, Doozy, the GOAT, Shefty, and Troy and, and Joe Buck to maintain this to and fro. We're trying to keep people informed. Um but I, I have to hand it to to the worldwide leader for how, how they how they did this tonight. Mm. We were going to commercial, we came back, and then there was some wisdom. Wisdom that was being imparted. Booger was like, we should not be playing this game. We just absolutely should. He said that shit 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes before the decision was ever made. He was yep. like, we play a violent sport. We, we, we accept concussions. We accept broken bones. We don't accept this. Like, you know, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but like, Doozy and Shefty just backed him up consistently. There have been a lot of scenarios where you could see a scenario like this going poorly, and I, I think this was, um, this, this is this is incredible the way to do it. So, mm, I agree. Um, <clears throat> all right, trying to get back into football, going into next week. Uh, there's a bunch of good ones. I'm trying to see if I'm going for the points here, or if I'm going for like actual interesting games. And so go, right now. Yeah. Right now, all time, you got 21 points, and mm-hmm. I have 19. And we yeah. only have three games to pick from. So I need to hit all three next week, and you need to miss all three for me to outright win. But if you miss two and get one, then we tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, we need yeah. to take a look at our division picks from there. Yeah, I'm just trying to have uh, some some meat and potatoes. Like, if I wanted, if I wanted just a regular game, I'm going to go. Uh, if I just wanted to win, I'm going to go Bengals-Ravens, right? Because... We don't know if Lamar is going to be back and the Bengals are playing well. Or uh, Lions-Packers. But I'm going to go... <sighs> I'm going to go Bucks-Falcons. Ooh. Uh, and this one's got a lot in the up in the air. Um, and the, the reason I'm picking this one is because I want to see them capitalize on the success they just had because they had a crazy game this weekend where everything came together and Brady and Evans finally got fully in sync because Tom Brady was dropping dimes everywhere on that field. Uh, He connected with Evans for three touchdowns, and one of them was like 60-plus yards. Anybody says the old guy can't throw the ball still, he had like – I'm pulling it up right now just to make sure I have this right because it was a shit ton. Yeah. He went 34, 45, 432 yards. Three touchdowns. All the Evans. Uh, another, he came from double digits back to win. And shout out to Sam Darnold, who has actually been playing really good football as of late. Um, did that hurt for you to say out loud? <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, but good for him. Good for him. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, Tampa has played to the level of their opponent all season, so I don't expect this to be some sort of gimme game, um, but I want to see them come out and capitalize on some of the success they just had. Is another team going to single coverage Evans now through the rest of the season? No, probably not. I think that ship has sailed. They've seen what happens when you do that. Um, But Tom Brady has already come out and said he wants to play in this game. The coaching staff, they're not so sure they're going to start him. He said he's going to do whatever they, whatever they suggest. But 
other than uh, the knee injury he had, uh, was it 2012, something like that, or earlier in his career, the only other time he missed uh, any games was the four-game suspension he had. Uh, so he's not in the business of missing games. He's he's. I'm here to play football, to get better at football. I need to keep playing football. And he really wants to Nine play. 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah. Uh, consecutive. 14 consecutive years in a row or something like that, making the playoffs. So uh, they're already in. They've already punched their card. So this game isn't all that important. I only want to see them play this game because I want to see them build on the success they have. I think it's going to be another close game, like all of the games they've had, it seems like, this season. Uh, <clears throat> I think if Tom Brady plays, Tampa wins this. If he doesn't play, they're going to lose this one. So I'm going to take Tampa, hoping that Brady plays. And I want to see another big yardage output and another... Uh, I want to see some more explosive plays, because what I imagine they'll be doing in this game is focusing primarily on their timing and continuing to build as they go into the playoffs. Because if they could do what they did yesterday uh, going into the playoffs, they're going to go a little deeper than I was originally expecting. I thought they they ran the risk of getting bounced in that first quarter. I mean, that first uh, um, that first playoff series. But uh, you can never count Tom Brady out in the playoffs. And if you look at what he just did, you definitely can't run him out. Because now teams are going to have to double-team Evans all the time, and it may open up other players he hasn't been utilizing going into this. Um, and I did hear that Gronkowski has been in contact with the team, which would be interesting. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think you would inject him uh, into your playoff roster, but, uh, you know. Well, that would be insane. Whatever. Spe- speaking of insane with the Buccaneers, Blaine Gabbert, backup quarterback for uh, Bay Buccaneers, former San Francisco 49ers. Him and his his brother were out on jet skis, and they noticed people in the water, like out in the middle of of the bay in Tampa, right? Um, Because there are people that took this helicopter tour around the bay, and then the helicopter lost power, fucking crashed into the ocean, into the bay, and the two brothers were like, oh, that's weird. Like, why are there people in the water over there? We should go check that out. And they drove to it. They picked up four people, brought them back, saved them, which is insane. Mm. So shout out Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, that's a pretty that's cool insane. story. That, that, that's really cool stuff. Um, All right, who's your th- who's who's your game? Titans, Jaguars. Look, Jags weeks four to eight. L L L L. Since week nine, dub L by dub L dub 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 dub. They're six and two. They are feisty at the right time, and they need to win against the Titans this week in week eighteen for the division crown. And for a wild card weekend, because the last time they won the division was in 2017 when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Remember that shit? Blake Bortles? They are a much better team now than Blake Bortles and the Jaguars were in 2017. They absolutely need to win this game. They are the better team. And to be frank, I want fucking Trevor Lawrence to go into the playoffs and cause a little bit of chaos. I really do. I want Doug Peterson to cause a little bit of chaos. Um, and, I, you know, Shout out Duval. Shout out Duval. I want I want the Duval Jaguars fans to really feel it because I'm not about this this Titans Tannehill redemption tour. We need to shut that shit down. And the only <laughs> way we can do that for sure, Tim, is if it ends by losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Tannehill's not so in, right? Jack. Tannehill's still out. 
I know. And neither is Malik Willis because they pulled him for another third stringer dude. And Derrick Henry can't play quarterback and running back and wide receiver and tight end and DN. This isn't popcorn. It's not high school football. So um, I don't want to. I don't want to be braggadocio, Tim, and say there's no way the Titans can win this game because it's football. It's any given Sunday. Anyone can win. But I'm going with the Jacks. All right. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going with another tough one. I'm going to go. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to go Kansas City and Raiders. And the reason I'm going to go. Damn. <clears throat> yeah, I know. <clears throat> I'm setting myself up some for for some potential failure here. So the reason I'm going with this game, and you might, and you might not like my pick here. Uh, I I I I've said teams keep you know they're on the cusp of figuring out the Chiefs, and then they come out and they do some crazy shit, and it, it makes me look stupid, and and that's not the case. But they almost lost to the Broncos, and this isn't a case of like taking the foot off the pedal. It took the entire game for them to win this, and they only won it by three points. So this wasn't exactly yeah. like a we're gonna we're gonna pump the brakes because at this point teams aren't really gonna want to slow down going into the playoffs, right? They're not gonna want to take uh, time off or take reps off and risk injury going into this. Go, what, what do you? What do you? What do you? I'm sorry. <laughs> What are you doing? He's like doing a little jazz number over there. I don't know what this is. Look at this. Northern German style Pilsner from Schilling. It's my sidecar. This this rye on rye on rye is like, it's almost like bourbon. I mean, I was like, woo. And then I'm now I'm just like, <laughs> like a breathing fire. So I'm like, I gotta go to my sidecar right. here. So I cracked the sidecar and I was like, yo, that shit is fire. <laughs> That's why I was like, ah, right, snap, like a 1920s guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was right, weird. Keep going. Okay, so in the last two games, uh, they barely squeaked out a win against the Broncos. Uh, it was 27-24. They beat the Seahawks by 14. They only beat the, the Texans by six. Um, they beat the Broncos by six. The last time they played, they lost to the Bengals. They did blow out the Rams. They only beat the Chargers by three. Like they've had a lot of games. Uh, the Titans, they beat. It took overtime to beat the Titans by three points. So they haven't been blowing out a lot of teams. They lost to the Bills by four. The last time they played the Raiders, they won by one point. And uh, I, something feels weird about this game. Uh, you have Jared Stidham, who's in, who played pretty well last week. Ass off. Played his ass off. Yeah, so like this is one of those that just feels a little different. It's the second time you're seeing him, the you know whether you agree or disagree with the the benching of uh, Derek Carr, it, it definitely feels weird for me. Also, like I don't quite understand what the the idea whether or not you're saving him from injury because you want to make a an offseason move. I don't I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know if I agree, but based off of this one game. Uh, you can't really argue against it because he went 23 of 34. He had 365 yards. He had three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, though, but he finished with a passer rating of 108. So, and this is against a good San Francisco defense and a good San Francisco team, and it they almost squeaked it out. It took overtime and a field goal for them to lose, but this is the second time you're going in to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs have squeaked out a couple really close wins over the last six or seven games. You have a team who's got some late season momentum and nothing to lose. 
you could see some some fireworks come out of a team like this. I actually think the Raiders might take this game, and I think they may take it in a close game. It's going to be one of those like field goal wow. differential games or something that's going to go into overtime. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those fluke second time they've seen him. They got a little bit more game planning they can do. They got a quarterback who is on fire right now. It is going to be pertinent on him being able to maintain any level of that success. If it's not 100% what it was yesterday, I'm taking a big L here. Uh, but if he can recapture some <laughs> of the magic from yesterday uh, and, the, and they can go off of some of their you know, some of the results of the, the first matchup that they had, maybe look at this weekend's Chiefs game and figure out, you know, what some of their gaps are and take advantage of some of those. I think they really have a, a pretty decent chance here. So I know it's going to be surprising, but I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. You know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad pick. Um, all things considered, because I was, I think I, like everyone else was just like, there's no fucking way. There's no way the Raiders are going to put any points up meaningful mm-hmm. on the Niners. And then, like, that game was bananas. It was really crazy. It was really good. And I, and I really appreciated how they, how they got to it. Um, yeah. So it's so good for them. So you're sure you're going, you're going Raiders here. That's I am going to go Raiders. Upset I'm going to go Raiders. in the 18. So I got, I got two games that you could potentially get, get points on right now. So I got to go with a gimme on well, the next I, one. Just... I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Also, I just <laughs> looked up this because uh, I was going to go check in this beer on Untapped. This is a rye wine. That's what it's called. A rye wine. So it's a barley wine, but made with rye. Fair enough. <laughs> and I drank, I drank the majority of it, and I was like, mm, no, I got I to gotta go ahead and... Uh, I'm not a rye fan into the, myself, I, so... Yeah, I, I rye, am. Rye whiskey, rye IPAs, any of the rye stuff. I love... Uh, rye oh bread. God, I love Fuck that. Trash bread. I love I love rye IPAs. If that was if this was a 50% rye IPA and it's 250 IBUs, I'd be drinking it. I, I'd give it a five. Uh, okay, <clears throat> Brown Steelers. Listen, last week the Commanders absolutely shit the bed against the Browns. Lost twenty four to ten. They also unveiled one of the creepiest looking mascots ever, called Major Tutty, who is wearing a World <laughs> War II doughboy style helmet and has a pronounced gut and hoofs and that's very big, bizarre. Big like you know. Nike Air Monarch shoes. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what kind of shoes Major Tutty's wearing, but I'm just saying it's a terrible mascot. And this is just another another example. Like Ron Rivera said, oh, what's his, you know, back off IR? Like he's our quarterback. Like, no, Heineke is your quarterback. And then Wentz comes out and promptly throws two picks. This game gets out of control. And I mean, there were there were fans like leaving this leaving the stands pretty pretty soon. Shout out to uh Barcel DMV. They, they they have a lot of content about the, the commanders lately and uh it's it's pretty wild uh, the team is super dysfunctional everyone's already seen by now what happened after the game where a reporter asked ron rivera if he knew what was going on in the uh packers vikings game because it pretty much eliminated the commanders from playoff contention and he said he didn't know and i think it was probably an example of like a, a trip up kind of question and also the fact that like maybe a coach doesn't coach for the postseason maybe coaches to win each game individually so uh, I kind of feel bad a little bit for the commanders there because uh, they, they had a much better season, I think, than anyone really kind of gave them credit for. Um, left hand up, the commanders. If you're on social media, you'll get that. Um, that being said, though, Brown Steelers, Kenny fucking Pickett. 
Mike Tomlin, Week 18, win, possibly get into the playoffs, keep a 16-year streak alive of going 500 or better. This man has not had a losing season in a full educational journey from kindergarten through fucking college. I don't see them losing this week. I really don't. Do I think the Browns have some spunk in them? Probably. I just do not think that this is going to be the week where they're going to pull it over on the Steelers. So I'm going Steelers here, and I feel fucking good about this pick. If there's any pick that I'm making this week, it's this one. Because Mike Tomlin is full of fuck you energy, and it's all mine. And I love it. Let's go. Steelers. <laughs> uh, I was going to go Giants-Eagles, but that one might be another too close of a game to call. But I think uh, I think Hurts has been already factored as a non-participant uh, in the game plan for Sunday's game. So I'm going to leave that one off because the Giants also handled their business, so that game could kind of be a little bit of a mess. So, um, and they handled that game. The Giants did. They did. That was a that was a, a phenomenal game. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Not just a Green Bay, right? Let's do Niners Cardinals, shall we? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I think we're kind of seeing McCaffrey kind of step in and really start. Like I, He had some aggressive, aggressive, beautiful runs uh, this last week that uh, were very reminiscent of some of his like pre-injury plague season runs. Yeah. And I think he's kind of getting himself back into into that prime shape at exactly the right time. Brock Purdy coming out of nowhere and keeping this team afloat. I think Jimmy G's in trouble. I know he came back. Everybody loved it. Put that team on the map. They were playing really well. But I think Brock Purdy may have uh, potentially come in and, and kind of solidified maybe a future role. Uh, because there's going to be a market for Jimmy G, right? There's nothing but injured, um, injured players out there. He's one of them, uh, but there will be a market for him in the offseason. He does carry some some trade value for a team like the Jets or someone who needs someone a little bit more reliable than a Zach Wilson. Um, but yeah, Brock Purdy was 22 or 35 at 284, uh, 284 yards with two touchdowns. So. That dude's been on fire as of late, and they went up against a Raiders Mr. team. Mr. Relevant. Yeah, so they went up against the team uh, and the Raiders that has had a pretty good defense. Uh, and not just this game. His last few starts, uh, he's come out and, and shown some ability, and they've had some success uh, with him. I mean, <laughs> this team has won. Their last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Unbelievable. They, won, they are in a nine-game winning Swung streak right defenses. now. Yeah. So Arizona, they're, you know, all over the place right now. They're a team that's kind of struggling to to put together a season. I know they're they're four and twelve. I just keep expecting the, the Niners to kind of crash back down to earth and kind of be sort of that average team we expected them to be when Jimmy G went out. I'm not seeing it though. Um I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. The makeup of this team is starting to really show like what they were put together. Ayuk and, and McCaffrey. McCaffrey had 121 yards on 19 carries. 
Uh, and Brandon Ayuk had 16 yards on one rush and then 101 yards on nine receptions. So those two guys combined have been putting in work. Uh, but they've been able to kind of work everybody into this uh, into this offense. Um, when you put uh, George Kittle on a team, you think, you know, very reminiscent of what you see the Chiefs do game in and game out. But when you don't need him to get out and make these crazy plays, that's when your team is firing on all cylinders. So I do think this is going to be a Niners win. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout the way we are expecting it to be because there's going to come a point where teams are going to figure it out for a little bit and Purdy's not going to look as pretty out there for one of these games. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a Niners win. I think it'll be closer than what uh, some of the last few have been. But I do think it'll be like a maybe a fourteen point win, ten point win, something along those lines. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think you're wrong in that assessment there. Um, the, the Niners have definitely since that trade, and I we all ballyhooed it. We're like, oh, like why you got Debo? You got all these other. I was like, why trade for CMC? Like when Occam's Razor, right? The the simplest explanation is usually the right one, and we're just sort of like, yeah, yeah, this is what you would fucking do in Madden mode. You would go grab Christian McCaffrey. It makes your entire team better. And that's yep. exactly what it does. And, and I think it allowed guys like Nick Bosa in overtime to be able to put something together because the offense can score points when needed and the defense can do their job uh, as well. And um, yep. I think Arizona like, tends we, we, to defend. Yeah. Arizona tends to defend well or better against uh, the rush than it does passing. And as of late that you need the, you need to be riding McCaffrey in order for your passing game to get started. So this one isn't going to be quite as explosive as, as some of the other ones. Um, I mean, you know, McCaffrey's uh, a, a generational player, so you never know. I mean, he may just say, the hell with your, your stats. They don't matter to me and, and blow this team up as well. And if that happens, this game... Simply genius. Get, yeah, this game could get blown uh, out of proportion, but I'm not I'm not seeing that. Uh, me neither. All right, last game. Of week 18, like Sunday night, Lions, Packers. Now, should Seattle beat the Rams earlier, they win, they're in. And if they don't, and the Packers win, they're into the playoffs. But if the Lions win, they could be into the playoff. Just I'll, just a bunch of calamity on this, this upcoming Sunday. Um, but you've been talking a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, we've ballyhooed how he's kind of arrogant. How he thinks his own treatment perspective is is better than what you know medical NFL doctors are going to tell him to do. You cannot deny that over the last like two months, the Packers are playing Packer football. He has turned Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs into machines. Mercedes Lewis is still making catches, and the defense is coming and gelling alive at the right time. Jair Alexander said something last week. He's a quarterback for the the uh, the Packers. He got torched by Justin Jefferson early in the season. And he said that was a fluke. And everyone on social media dragged him. They said it was a fluke. Eight, eight catches, 144 yards, two, two touchdowns. Yeah, fluke, 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 fluke. And then they held that man for like less than 30 yards. And the Vikings could not zig. They couldn't jab. They couldn't do all this other stuff when the Packers shut that element of their game down. And I, I really I respect it and I appreciate it. It takes a lot for a team to grit, look at themselves in the mirror, and then say, "Yeah, we're two and six. We could be three and six next week. We could be four and six the week after that. We could be five and six. We could be six and six a month from now." That's the mindset we need to be having. 
And for a team that won 13 games for three seasons in a row, I think we all, I, I generally thought that, um, I mean, in our, in our divisional picks, I think we both thought <laughs> there's no way, right? Yeah. So we, we both picked the Packers to win the division. They stumbled completely out of the gate. They kept falling. They kept stumbling. They picked themselves up, and they've got here now. And the Packers are in a position where, like, kind of like the Giants, where, like, nobody really wants to see the, the playoffs because they're sort of jelly and they're playing some of their best football of the season right now. And you don't yeah. necessarily want to go and face a team like that if you're having an off day. You can say whatever you want with the Giants and their whole little, you know, Miami fiasco with getting on the boat. They're going back to the playoffs with Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley and the defense and Brian Dable has changed that identity. Rodgers, say what you will for his COVID vaccine or I've been immunized or whatever, like he's immunized to our bullshit apparently and he's just producing at a level. I'm not saying MVP level, right? Because they they rode Aaron Jones, they rode the hell out of him last game. But that's what you do as a good football team. You take what the defense gives you, you grind out wins. And that's what the Packers have been doing. And he's been saying for a long time, and I, I always feel this is weird. And if you ever like put your tinfoil Tim Spiracy hat on, like, hey, mm-hmm. says, oh, I feel like we go we can go on a run here. You're like, no, the fuck you can't, Aaron Rodgers. And then they go on a run and you're like, what does he know that we don't? Are <laughs> like are the Packers paying off the league? Are they, are they getting these wins? Or are they just so <laughs> smart in the fact like we have a game plan, we're gonna stick to it. Folks will buy in, and then eventually enough folks will buy in and we will we will get to where we need to go. Like the Lions, super frisky. They want to make they want to make a splash. Dan Campbell has already come out and said it doesn't matter if Seattle wins, because if Seattle wins and we're not in the playoffs, we're gonna play spoiler. We want to beat the Packers. And if Seattle doesn't win, then we want to beat the Packers because we want to beat the Packers. So like that that sort of gumption going into a week eighteen game, you love to see it. Yeah. I can't pick against the Packers though, because if you ask me straight up to pick Jared Goff. Or Aaron Rodgers. I'm picking Aaron freaking Rodgers 10 times out of 10. I'm just you know what's crazy is I'm looking through the games this season and looking at passing yardage. Let's get rid of the... Actually, keeping, keeping the New England game and the Buccaneers game, which were his two highest passing yardage games this season. No, no, sorry. That was the, the Detroit line. What do you think is the most passing yardage he's thrown uh, in a single game this season? I would say like 300. 283. The wow. most. On average, he's floating around like two, 200, 215 ish. So this is another one of those where I don't know if I'm going to say this is Aaron Rodgers that's doing this. Like, I don't know if this is the Aaron Rodgers of olden days where he's the hero slinging the ball all over the place because rushing yardage is insane. Uh, in one, two, three, four, five, six games, they have a combined uh, yardage of 163 or more. 199, 203, 208, 207, 175. So this this is this just speaks of like a I guess a well-rounded football team uh but they have turnovers in almost every single game and multiple turnovers in most of them. So something on this game like if you're looking through their their win-loss record it's just fucking all over the place. So I have no confidence in this team and their ability to kind of put things together. 
Like when I look at this, I look at it and say they're due for a loss at some point. And this could be like a sleep on the Lions and fuck around and the Lions are going to come out and, and play upset here because, I mean, they're they're offensively not an explosive team in any stretch of the imagination. So, I don't know. This game just feels weird to me. That The Packers in general feel weird to me, and I feel like we're not giving enough credence to the the cliff conversation when it comes to Aaron Rodgers in the same way that the cliff conversation came up year after year after year after year with Tom Brady. It seems like that is not part of the general conversation when it comes to uh, Aaron Rodgers for some reason. Because, I mean, they're, they rank middle of the pack in every statistic except their defensive passing yards per game, which they rank for. Everything else, 14th, 17th, Points scored per game, points allowed per game, passing yards per game, rushing yards, 14th, 17th, 17th, 13th, 4th, and then 26th. So they're not a great team. They're like a perfectly mediocre team that keeps finding ways to win. So I think this one's going to be a closer one, and I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit actually pulls this one out. So, well, it's not your pick, but if, if this was a bonus pick for you, you're going to say Detroit on this one? I would say Detroit on this one, yeah. Damn. I mean, the point differential in terms of points allowed per game, there's only uh, a four-point difference. Uh, but statistically, Detroit scores more points per game than uh, than the Packers do. So, I'm not... I don't know. Nothing in here is, like, skewing one way or the other dramatically. But I think, given the inconsistency on the Packers side and the well, the, the way the Lions have been playing as of late, um, because don't forget, these are two eight and eight teams. So like yeah. these teams are like perfectly matched up against each other. But the way the Lions have been playing as of late against some pretty decent teams, I mean, they beat the Vikings 34-13. Uh they beat the ja- uh, the Jaguars 40 to 14. They mm-hmm. only lost to the Bills by three points. They beat the Giants 31-18. They, I mean, they beat the Packers the last time they played, fifteen to nine. So I don't know if this is as. Uh, I, I'm. I would, if I were betting, I'd be betting on the the Lions for this one. Damn. Well, enjoy your parlay on that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so all time. You at twenty one, me at nineteen. We are playing for an eight pack or a medium range bourbon. That's what we said. But 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 hold on, because we have these divisional picks, right? Mm-hmm. So we. God damn, this rye wine has got me burping. <clears throat> God damn. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <laughs> Before the season started, these are our predictions. Yeah. AFC East. Bills, both of us. Bing! AFC West. Chargers. <clears throat> Wrong. AFC North. You said Ravens. I said hashtag let Joey roar. Technically still possible. Because Ravens Bengals play next week. I mean, the division is still open enough where this could be a thing. Um, yeah, and we don't know what uh, we don't know what is going to come of today's game. Correct. Um, AFC South. You said Titans. Still possible because they face the Jacks. I said Colts. <laughs> Wrong. In uh, the NFC, you said Cowboys. I said Eagles. Technically, still possible. NFC West, we both said Rams. Eh. NFC North, we both said Packers. 
I won't do the, the noise again, but we were both wrong. And then NFC South, we both got correct. So right now, you and me are sitting at one pick correct in the AFC, <laughs> which is the East, and one pick correct in the NFC, which is the South. And we have one, two, three divisions that are still up. So here, here's my here's my thought to you. We said we said pick straight up, but we didn't we didn't go until if it's just picks regular week games or picks regular week games and then the divisional predictions. So you you tell me what you want to do. Do you want to do both? Do you just want to do regular picks and then you win your three games next week? It's fucking OVA over. Or do you want to go into divisional picks as well? Nah, nah I don't think point? we go divisional picks because it gets a little like convoluted because we we weren't technically. I mean, we picked those like both the Ravens. They're not going to win the division, but they're in the playoffs already. They clinched a the spot. The Chargers clinched a spot. Right. So we picked them to make the playoffs. They didn't win their division, but they're in. So we get like a half a point for those. <laughs> yeah, uh, I see. Um, so I, in my opinion, so I, basically, I, I need you to screw the pooch next week. That's what I need. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Russell Wilson, hear my prayer. I, I threw some out there to make it competitive. I did throw some out there to make it. Uh, oh, I appreciate uh, 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 you. Close, just just to be. If you if you come back and you say, "Hey, I need the blends," but I need the blends. Oh, and I have to go. I have to do a thick state fucking scavenger hunt. I'm gonna be so fucking nah, mad. Dude. You can probably so walk mad. in. Uh, I'll, I'll let you pick it with your uh, oh okay. uh, your your un untrained palate. I'll let you pick it. He's gonna send me some Jack Daniels or something, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It is what it is. I might. I might. I might send you like the. The barrel select Jack Daniels. It's forty six ninety nine at the at the legs there. Uh, okay, so so those, those are our picks. Um, one thing I will say, Tim. Yeah. Overall, this season has been as much chaos as I would have hoped for it to be, and yeah. I think that uh, regardless of whatever happens in Week eighteen, we we did get treated to a pretty good season of football here. Yeah, uh, Cardinals. Chaos. Yeah. In in season, completely collapsed. The Lions, beginning part of the season. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, the teams that look the vulnerable the most right now, and I think you called it you called it best in a couple episodes ago. You said, you know, the Vikings, and the Eagles, like yeah, they, they they have the they have the the tops of the NFC, but like something about these teams is off, right? Like you've been very very cognizant of the fact that like you might rush to eleven wins, but you might lose quite a few games after that, and yeah. um, that makes a lot of eight and eight teams this year that we're paying attention to where we wouldn't have previously because we've been mm-hmm. like, oh. Whatever you're barely above 500, but we're seeing these types of games happen, and you're just really invested. And I, I think that the product that we've seen this year in the NFL has been pretty damn good, all things considered. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm kind of disappointed about is that, from an AFC perspective, the Chargers and the Dolphins didn't ascend more. Right? That's one thing you've always been saying. You know, like, well, Herbert. I mean, he he makes some questionable throws. You like, you know, I did not expect that. I expected the Chargers to be much tougher this year. Um, and they have been in spurts, but they've not been consistent. And I, I thought they got the defense together, and I made them one of my deep postseason picks. You know what I mean? I thought that the um, that the winner of the, of the Super Bowl was going to be the Chargers. You think the winner of the Super Bowl was going to be the Bills. I I think it's it's a it, it's, it's chance it could happen, but I... I think that we've seen too much disparity between teams that were absolutely garbage and teams that came back 
uh, and and vice versa. There there have been some teams who really should not even be in the conversation, uh, and for the Raiders to be taking the 49ers to overtime and losing based off of a fluke play, you know, Joey Bosa completely wrecks Colton Miller and it was a flutter pass, but Jared Stenham, I mean, does Derek Carr make that pass? I don't know. You know, there's, there's so much drama now that, that is occurring with a guy who left the Packers to go to join his college quarterback. who's probably not going to be that team next year. So yeah. like what happens here? There's so much drama with the Patriots and the defense is incredible but they got a, a former defensive coordinator who's calling offensive plays and the team can't seem to get it together, but everyone is just acting like everything's copacetic in New England. So there's going to be chaos there next year. Tom Brady, 8-8, eight and eight, wins a division. And I'm sure Tom Brady needed every bit of magic in his book to get to 8-8 eight and eight for the Buccaneers. But they did it. They won some really key games. They streaked when they needed to. They won a division. Cool. They're in the playoffs. Like, I don't think that the NFL could have asked necessarily for a better season than this one. Yeah, I think I think if you're, you know, writing the season, you want most of your teams to finish eight and eight. So you don't know quite who's going to run away with it week in and week out. That's what makes some of this exciting. Like the Dolphins are one of those teams you thought right off the bat are going to go ham, and then they've been injury plagued with Tua and his concussions, which should scare you as a Miami fan. You wonder, like, how many concussions in a season before you just maybe, especially with the severity in which he's getting yeah. concussed. Uh, I think their their longevity is in jeopardy because I can't imagine a quarterback sticking around the league for that long if you're constantly, like, you are you are walking CTE after a couple seasons of that if he, if he tries to keep it up. So he needs to either change the way he's playing this game or, or whatnot, but... They were eight and five, you know, with him getting injured. And then when they had to roll out two other starters who lost all three of their starts, plus the games they had to come in and, and take over, that was a team that should have uh, should have done a lot better than what they did this season. But, you know, when you have a, a really good quarterback, I mean, the Eagles are another one of those teams that like fully ascended, right? And then as of the last couple of weeks, you had everybody talking about Jalen Hurts just being a system quarterback or, or the Eagles being a system team. They've been struggling without him, so it's really hard to argue that he's not part of the reason why that team is having as much success as they had. The teams who normally sit at the top of the league are you know, showing a little chinks in their armor. I mean, are they still winning games and they're still, you know, 13-3 and three and... And they have some of the, the league-leading records. Of, of of course they do. But not all of them have been smooth sailing. Like, uh, they've taken some magic to win games. And that's really difficult to game plan around. You can't really guarantee that that's going to happen. And when you go into the playoffs and you're a one-and-done scenario, you need one of those magic plays to fail. And you're bounced, or one of them to work, as we saw with the Super Bowl with New England and, and the Eagles and the, the Philly Philly special, where like one magic Billy, play Billy. changed. I mean, it 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 cost them the Super Bowl, right? So the same thing goes the opposite direction, where that same magic, and that's a prime example, where that same play going the other direction is the reason they lost that game, right? Like there's. When you have a team, uh, when you have a, a team like Kansas City who constantly comes in and they do some crazy shit every game, we've seen them get bounced enough. We've seen them lose the Super Bowl. We've seen them do some 
some crazy shit. So you would hope that more teams float around the 500 mark because it makes sure that football is more interesting week in and week out. Everyone loves a good upset, but you don't really know what the outcome of a game is going to be going into that week. It's a little bit more enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, we were saying that this is the the season of like week by week football. You didn't know what you were going to get one week after the next. You saw the Bills come out and just smoke everybody and then cough up some crazy loss. Uh, you saw numerous come from behind victories. Yeah, you saw numerous <laughs> come from behind victories. You saw the Bucks were getting written off and then Brady storming back multiple games with two minutes left. You saw it's it's just been a really, really entertaining season. You saw Geno Smith getting rid off, but he didn't write back, though. Geno Smith is going to get paid by someone next year, and it's probably going to be the Jets. Do not put that shit out. We, we can't end this episode of the Tats Red Podcast with that kind of negativity, Tim. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Yeah. All right, we're a family podcast. Yeah. JC. No, he's he's going to uh, go to the Jets. He's going to get paid. I uh, mean, uh, little, little update on DeMar. And uh, just to be clear, a lot of this is, you know, we're going off the same information that everybody else has got. But uh, it's being reported that his vitals are back to normal. And they put him to sleep, put in a breathing tube, uh, and they're currently running tests. So it does seem like he has made some um, positive progress. What the prognosis looks Incredible. like and what, what it may be after the fact, obviously that's all speculation. And, you know, any of this could be incorrect. I'm just going off of the same information that, you know, we're getting in real time. So thoughts go out to him Incredible. and his family, for sure. Yes, indeed. All right, Tim, uh, let's button up this episode of the Stats yeah. Podcast. Let's just say that Week 18, unless you absolutely miss everyone of your picks. Rye, rye burp. <clears throat> you are yeah. beginning, you'll be getting some of those in the future. You'll be getting a rye burp by <laughs> mid-grade bourbon. I'm going to get all your trash beer. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I've, I've been actually I've been really it's fortunate. Fine. It's fine. No, I've, I've been really fortunate. I, I have, uh, the beer store has been quite good to me lately, so there's been a number of bourbon barrel aged uh, beers that I've been having over the past few days and they've been all pretty crazy good um, but now I gotta get into the barley wines which I really want so I, I don't be, understand who you don't like barley wines they're like sweet I just, it just, it's too sweet it's just too much it's just like too sweet we're just talking about barrel aged all right, stouts all right, Tim, what are you talking this, about this is, how, this is how I'll close this episode of the Sassamara Podcast I've had two beers that I've never been able to sleep after uh, I drank them okay Ironically, same ABV, 10%. Okay. okay. The first one was White Walker by Walking Man Brewery, I think out of uh, either Washington or Oregon. And it was a Imperial Belgian wit, okay? Made after the White Walkers of, uh, you know, Sun, not Sons. Why did I say that? Because I'm thinking some of my mind. Sons of uh, Anarchy? Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, um, so I had this. I had, there's this place out in Tacoma, Washington called Pint Defiance, because there's a, a, a state park called Point Defiance. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. So Pint Defiance is the local beer shop, and they do this thing called the Tour de Craft every year. And basically, you have to get 26 check-ins, right? Whether it's uh -huh. a full pint, a, a crowler, or a growler beer, or something like that. But you try 26 different types of beers. And over the span of, like, like 11 days. Chelsea and I did it. We got some t-shirts first year out there. It was an incredible experience. But one of those beers I got was White Walker by... By, I think by, by Walking Man Brewery or Modest Man or something like that. And I literally had that beer. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. It's like a 
you know, it's not it's not Algash White, but it you know it's in the, in the same vein. Couldn't sleep at all that night. I was like up, eyes wide open for like fourteen hours. I felt like a White Walker. Like I'm just like just moving across the you know the the life right. Okay. Second beer, <clears throat> barley wine by Weyerbacher called Blithering Idiot. And uh, a friend of mine, Justin, right? His dad, Ben, big barley wine. They love barley wines. Um, and I had Blithering Idiot, and I also could not sleep. And I think since then, like, if if I see a Belgian white on, like Alaskan white or, uh, or Allagash, I'll drink it. If I ever see a barley wine, it's like an immediate Pavlovian response. I'm like, <laughs> nope, mm-mm, nope. I go the other way. I just so I can't do it. I just can't do it. Sense. I don't know why. Hold on, hold on. Clarify this for me because that story was frankly bizarre. You just said there's only been two beers that have ever kept you awake. Yet one of them you will continue to order. The other one you will not. Why? Correct. Yep. Where's the logic? There? Um, I think I think it's probably because like you grew up drinking Allagash White. You know what I mean? So if I if I if I grew up drinking. Barley wines, I might, I might feel different I about it. I did not like... grow up drinking Allagash Whites because it tastes like cloves and fuck that noise. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so you clearly were see, see Tim, you and you, I didn't grow up you drinking, and I are different. I didn't, I didn't grow up drinking barley ones either. That was later in life, but they tend to be sweeter, especially the barrel aged ones. They tend to be like a little That's sweeter, true. a little higher ABV. But I, I gotta tell you, I don't know if I've ever had any beer where I'm like, I'm awake all night because of this beer. Oh. That, Fucking night. Tip. They're down nightmare. They're they're literally it's alcohol. It's no, the same not. thing as every no, other not. beer you have. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's actually only called a barley wine because of the higher ABV, so that way back in the days of yore, they could separate ale from barley wine so that the folks who were slugging it weren't slugging it as quickly <laughs> as they were ales because they knew it had a higher alcohol content. That's why it has a different name. I mean, there's some the minor recipe differences, but the only reason it's it's called a barley wine is because of the higher ABV. So that back in the day, when you're drinking out of a fucking ceramic chalice with a deer horn handle, you knew the difference <laughs> between hey, maybe I should slow down with this barley wine That's, versus this ale Tim, because it's we half. we might need to fuck around and get us a uh, a ceramic chalice with a deer horn antler for a handle. You know what I mean? That might need to be what we do. What's in our cups from now on? And just. <laughs> <laughs> just put it down you know what i mean yeah yeah and it needs to have the little like metal cap on the top oh like a stein oh, i have plenty of steins, plenty I, of steins. I do not Shout to my brother he, he and his wife lived in germany for a long time i have plenty of steins my mom used to collect them because i think budweiser used to come out with them every year the budweiser yeah. steins uh but i do not own i do not own a stein i mean i i don't drink enough old-fashioned ale to warrant having a stein <laughs> Just theoretically speaking, should you <laughs> receive a Stein, like a 32-ounce Stein, and barley wines, would you, sir, put a barley wine in a Stein? Yes. 100%. 100%. On the pod. On the pod. <laughs> was... Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, all right. <clears throat> I gotta, listen, you got, you got some contacts to your phone? I gotta contact the beer store. I gotta make this fucking happen. This is gonna be a thing. We, we thank you all very much for listening to this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. There is gonna be a bombed Tim in a future episode of this fucking podcast. Yeah. I promise you that. You can't drink a barley wine out of a 32 ounce stein. You're going to be fucked up Watch the me. next week. Watch <laughs> me. <laughs> and by the time it gets here, by the way, I will be so sleep deprived because my daughter will be here. Which, by the way, my daughter, originally scheduled for the first week of March, uh, got moved up a couple weeks and then got moved up again. We'll be here probably 
between the week uh, or the days between January 19th and January 24th. So like oh, two and a half no. weeks from now. Yeah. So I'll be sleep deprived slugging this 32 ounce barley wine. God damn. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Podcast shout, for the people. Shout out to uh, Fenway, Boston Outdoors. They played the, the Winter Classic today. It was a great game. Two uh, to one. Two to one. Uh, came back and won it. Almost tied it up. Uh, as time was running out, the Penguins put one in, uh, but it was just like a half a second before the end of regulation. It wasn't until the third period the Bruins scored both of their goals. So, uh, great come from behind. Great game. Bruins still fucking handling business along with the Celtics. So, uh, shout out to those guys. But and shout out to Donnie Rafford. Birthday tomorrow. Oh, Donnie Rafford. Happy birthday. When you hear this, it'll probably be on your birthday, sir. If you hear it. Bam. So. Cheers, everybody. Peace.